hello. Can you folks hear me? Okay. All right. Um, we're going to do a little bit of an intro before we really get started. Um, my name is Rob Walker. I am the High Plains uh, Library District writer in residence for this year of our Lord, 2022. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I encourage you all to check out the, the High Plains table over there, not just because my stuff's on there, although it is, but um, they have, uh, it's just, uh, I, I, I encourage you all to get involved with your library, <laughs> your local library. If you, like, if you like reading, if you like audiobooks, if you like, if you have trouble doing taxes, your local librarians can help you with that stuff. Um, yeah, the other day, my son, who's eight years old, wanted to know how many people died on top of Mount Everest. So rather than Google it, we called the library. And we actually got an answer quicker than had we Googled it. Um, so that's the kind of stuff your library can do, can do anything for you. Um, so that said, uh, the, the play you're about to hear slash see a reading of is called Utopia. The log line is what happens when the future comes to Weld County um, in the form, in this case, of a robot factory. An Elon Musk type comes and brings a robot factory to Greeley or to, to Weld County. And it's about what happens when people are building robots, when robots are in the home and, um, and what that looks like. I am... Uh, when I was a kid, I used to think that the future was like stuff, like the future will be here when we have flying cars and the future will be here when it's like um, moving sidewalks like in the Jetsons. Um, but the older I get, the more I realize that the future, the final frontier isn't out there. It's in here. It's our own humanity. Um, it doesn't matter how many flying cars or robots we get. Uh, we're still essentially apes with a handgun. Um, so until we, until we fix that, uh, you know, that's, that's what the future is going to look like. Moreover, I'm, I'm really uh, eager to present a future that doesn't take place in a metropolitan area. Uh, the future as we see it often takes place in, it takes place in like Tokyo or New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco. Um, and growing up in a really small town, I always wondered what the future looked like for us. And this is kind of my version of that. Um, you'll see behind you and in front here, uh, I wanted to add a visual element because this is a staged reading of the play. So there's not blocking, it's just people reading, uh, reading lines and I will be doing some stage directions. So to add a visual element, I typed in rural futures into an AI paint bot. So you can, you're gonna be treated to uh, robot paintings some of which aren't too bad, some of which are pretty terrible. Um, don't give up your day jobs, robots. Anyway, uh, thank you all for coming to Utopia. I really appreciate it. And now without further ado, uh, let us begin. Setting. The play takes place in and around Weld County. It features places such as the inside of government offices, ranches, homes, and public spaces. This, of course, is a heightened version of the real Weld County. This Weld County lives 24 hours in our future. A stage is set up for a children's pageant. The stage is dimly lit. The song, I Wonder What the Future Holds for Me, is twanged out by Glenn Snow, opening the show. After the song ends, the lights come up on a backdrop painted to look like eastern Colorado plains. 
in the style of a Charlie Brown Christmas pageant with a child playing the part of the narrator as well as all of the settlers. The lights come up on a handmade set. The backdrop is painted to look like the Eastern Plains of Colorado along with rustic cabin homesteads. <laughs> and, and so, the Eastern Plains of Colorado called to the industrious, the temperate, the moral, to come together to build a land of dreams. This would be a place where work would be rewarded, a place where the ravages of alcohol would be left behind. These warriors of virtue would create a union and build a utopia for a brighter tomorrow. My name is Nathan Meeker, the hero <laughs> of this story. I lead all of these fine people with dreams of hope and glory. On this sea of grass and scrub, we'll carve out something great. Every man pulls up his bootstraps and guides the hand of fate. We need those of us with vision. Cast out the old myopia. With determination, we'll make this place utopia. Yay! Nathan Meeker, our problems are over, aren't they? They sure are. And so Nathan Meeker and his scrappy band of settlers brought utopia to the Eastern Plains, reminding us that we should always be looking to the future with vision and determination. The lights go down on stage, the curtain squeaks closed. <laughs> we now realize that it is a play being performed before a press conference, which Weld County is hosting. Community manager Maria Salazar takes the stage. That was a reenactment of the establishment of the Union Colony by Nathan Meeker, who would later go on to be massacred by the Ute tribe in Western Colorado after attempting to spread Christianity. <clears throat> but the point is that the community began as a, a search for utopia, and it is with that noble aspiration in mind we turn the mic over to our guest. Truly, this man needs no introduction. Brandon Zuber, founded Quibble Labs when he was still, still in college before becoming the search engine most of us use today. From those humble beginnings, Mr. Zuber and Quibble have continued to develop other technologies, such as solar, hyperloops, and now robotics. Without further ado, please give a warm welcome to the president and CEO of Quibble, Mr. Brandon Zuber. Thanks, Melanie. Maria. I couldn't be more grateful to the people of Ward County. Welcome. For having me. You know, when I started Quibble Labs in college as a way to rate the sexual attractiveness of my classmates, <laughs> I never thought I'd be standing before you today. I have been very fortunate to tour your rustic surroundings, from the meatpacking plants and the cheese factories of Greeley, all the way to the famous Highway 52 through Dracono. Truly, <laughs> the garden spot of all Colorado. I can sincerely see why Nathan Meeker wanted to settle here before going off and getting murdered by the Ute tribes. Justifiably? Yes. Nice. <laughs> Regardless, it's easy to see the future in places like San Francisco and Seattle. But the truth is, the future comes for us all, and my ideas need room to grow, and I believe that Weld County can provide that room. Quibble Labs is developing AI service industry technology that will revolutionize the world, and I want this beautiful scrum of communities and farmland to be its epicenter. Robots. They're building robots. Nonsense, Maria. Quibble Labs is building the future itself. Right here in your own backyard. What do you folks think of that? 
<laughs> you have a question, sir? Yes, Carl Simmons, Greeley Tribune. What is the budget for this factory you're proposing? Sir, can one put a price on the future? <laughs> Did the public ask Edison what the light bulb would cost them? This plant will rejuvenate your community and take this county from an oil-based ag economy into space, literally from the ground to the stars. But you're not doing this out of the goodness of your heart. Can you believe this guy? Listen, what's your name? Carl. Carl, Ugh, figures. Listen, Carl. <laughs> Investments have to be made on both sides. I'm building a factory here, and certain members of my staff will have to relocate. That takes time, energy, and money. Weld County has offered gracious tax subsidies to help us all lay down roots, and in exchange, your local economy will get diversity in the form of new, long-term jobs. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd like that. Any other questions? You, gal. Yes, thank you. Have you discussed where you would put this new factory? We are currently looking at several options. We want something that's centralized, but with room for expansion. Any further questions? Um, excuse me? Oh, this guy. Yes, Carl. A2, Maria? Won't having Quibble Labs move into our community make our rental and housing markets skyrocket? Well, that's a very good question, Carl. Now, who wants to see the future? Yeah! But you, you didn't answer my question. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen of Weld County, baste your eyeballs on this. A robot enters from stage left. It looks like an Apple store has come to life. <laughs> this model is the X5. We call it Asimov. Each Asimov unit will be fully equipped to aid society in any way that might be required. In-home caretaking is the first stop. We're hoping to have these guys in every home that needs one. But is the software safe? Oh, what do you mean, Carl? Well, you, you say you want a robot. An Asimov? In every home, but what if something goes wrong or it malfunctions? It sounds like old Carl here doesn't have faith in the capability of the men and women from War County who will be building our future, does he? Now, that's not true, but how do we have assurances that these robots... Asimovs? These machines because they aren't machines, Mr. Zuber, won't malfunction and hurt someone. <laughs> Give me one example of, modern machine malf of a modern machine malfunctioning and hurting someone. He can't, he can't. See folks, he can't do it. There was the Peloton death of a child, as well as many as 70 in injuries involving the exercise equipment. The Tesla reported nearly 300 crashes on autopilot over the past two years. First of all, Ouch. <laughs> Second of all, Elon Musk is a hack, and everyone knows it. Unlike myself, who worked his way up from meager beginnings as a Harvard student to billionaire CEO of the future-making tech conglomerates. I'm sorry, I forgot where, forgot where I was going with this. So even while your contemporaries have experienced problems with their technology, you don't think your Asimovs will experience the same problem? Our Asimovs learn from their mistakes. We at Quibble have created responsive AI with subroutines that allow the units to act on their own to make life better for the end user. Subroutines. What are the Asimovs allowed to do? I see what you're noodling at. The modern computer and devices we use already do this. They sense patterns and try to accommodate, which is why your calendar asks if you want to make ongoing appointments without you having to ask it to do it. But you're talking about my digital calendar asking. Will your Asimovs ask before doing something out of the ordinary? Listen, Carl, I get it. The first time the smartphone was released, I felt like I had the future in my hand. 
That's all I'm trying to do. Like Prometheus, bringing the fire from the gods and set, like, like Prometheus, bring the fire from the gods and set every home in America on fire. But wasn't Prometheus punished for giving fire to humanity? Nerd. <laughs> But Mr. Zuber, we, we have 30 minutes nope. left for questions. Take care. Uh, Maria, one last question for you. Do you own or have plans to own an Asimov? I, I, don't, currently, I don't currently own one, but I have plans to do so in the future. Uh, and I have no plans to own one in the future, but I'm open to the idea. Me. Zuber exits smiling. The robot follows him off stage, leaving Maria to deal with the crowd. Uh, please enjoy the complimentary fruit trays while we watch the first 30 minutes of James A. Commissioner's Centennial. <laughs> Lights down. <laughs> Segment two. In the home of Grady, a retired oil field worker, Afghan blankets hang over the couch and the well-worn easy chair of Grady's seat. <laughs> Next to the couch is a framed photograph of Grady and his wife. A taxidermied fish hangs on the wall behind the couch. There's a knock at the door. Hang on! The knocking continues. Give me a minute! More knocking. I said hang on, damn it, you woodpecker and son of a bitch. My equipment don't work like it used to and... Ray opens the door revealing a young man in his 30s. Morning, Dad. What the hell? Could you hold the door for me? Ray, put out, still buttoning up his pants, holds the door. Thanks. What's that, a water heater? <laughs> not quite. Mm, mine's been on the fritz. I can give you a water heater, Dad. That is something, this is something else. I remember I told you about my new job. Uh, you finally take my offer to go work for Jackalope? <sighs> not the oil field, Dad. Oh, you're a smart kid. You could be running a crew inside six months and probably be an office jockey a year after that. That's not too bad. You gotta pay your dues, though. I'm working for Quibble. In advertising. What's a quibble? A tech company. Hmm. You know the search engine and social media site? <laughs> anyway, they're bringing the future to our corner of the world, and you are the first in line. Brian unpacks a box, revealing a brand new quibble Asimov. What do you think, Dad? What do I think about what? It's the quibble caretaker. It's a toaster with legs. <laughs> it's state-of-the-art home device. It's a damn robot, and I don't want anything to do with it. Well, this damned robot is putting most of this country to work. And what's wrong with the oil patch? Not again. I worked for oil and gas for most of my life. I put you and your sister through school with oil money. And now it's robots. <sighs> Look, Dad... Sis and I have been, Sis and I have nothing against oil and gas, but times change. We need to di diversify. Not everyone can work for JBS or Leprino or Jackalope oil field services. Over 30,000. I know, Dad. Over 30,000 oil field workers built this region and every other business served them. You wouldn't have restaurants and hotels, libraries. We donated to theaters and sports teams. And our family got to share in all those good times. Damn right. We are grateful. We are grateful. Didn't always act like it. But we shared in the bad times, too. Uh, now, hang on. Times when that same industry 
that you love so much spat you out because oil went below $50 a barrel. I bounced back. We all did. And got spat out again when one company bought another and they had to consolidate. You don't know the first thing about it. I know it's been tough since mom died. Oh, not this again. I'm fine. I was fine before your mother and I'm fine now. Dad, Emily and I can come and visit, but we can't be with you all the time. That's the reason for the robot. You never listened. And we want to make sure that there's someone here to watch out for you. Someone? It's steel and plastic. Whatever, let's fire it up. Brian turns the robot on. Hola, mi nombre es Dora. What the? Oh, must must be a way to change to English. Hang on. ¿Cómo puedo ser de servicio? You have got to be kidding me. I can't be stuck in this house with a thing that won't even speak English. Hello? Main menu. Por favor, programe una palabra clave. Program. Okay, I understand program. What does palabra club mean? How should I know? You worked with Spanish speakers for decades, Dad. You never learned Spanish? <laughs> Didn't have to. We spoke the language of the shovel. Language of the shovel? Trabajo duro. <laughs> what does that mean? It means we understood each other enough to get by. ¿Tienes hambre? ¿Puedo ayudarte a bañarte? English setting. Is there an English setting? Sí, hay una configuración en inglés. ¿Te gustaría encenderlo ahora? Does it have a back panel you can pry open? Maybe a switch to flip? Dice, si quieres cambiar la configuración a inglés. No. Luego sigo en español. It's several thousand dollars piece of equipment and I don't want to see you bearing it open with a pocket knife. Yeah, I have experience with machinery. It's a robot, not a skid steer, Dad. Well, they're both machines, ain't they? Don't, Dad, damn, I'm late. I'm sorry, Dad, I have to go, but we'll give this another shot when I get off work. Just sit tight, maybe practice your Española. Uh, you can't leave me here with that thing. Hola, mi nombre es Dora. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Segment three, letters. The lights come up on a single woman in cat eye glasses and an old fashioned dress. Jane, the Jane Quimby segments play like an article in a local paper. Therefore, they don't need a devoted set. When a letter reader comes on, a new spot illuminates them. Welcome to the Weld County Suggestion Box. We here in Weld County, Colorado take the ideas and concerns of our citizens very seriously. Please leave a short note in our annex office at the Greeley Mall if you want to contribute to our town. The suggestion box itself is located between a box of posters for the Greeley Stampede and an Elvira pinball machine. Hello, Jane, it's me, Harold Chummins again. As I've repeatedly said before, I have no problem with ice cream. The sweet, cool sensation of a rocket pop or Inuit breezer can add relief to a otherwise sweltering summer day. My problem is with the ice cream truck that sees fit to blare Smash Mouth's All-Star at full volume at 4 a.m. every morning. I beg you, please ask him to stop or change his route. I'm going nuts here. We've chatted with the driver of the ice cream truck and he apologizes for the noise, but he bought 
the truck at a police auction and it's had the Mystery Men soundtrack stuck in it since this, in the stereo since 1997. Due to the elaborate electronics on that particular model of ice cream truck, no mechanic will touch it. Uh, for less than 5,000. He's currently in the process of get, setting up a GoFundMe. <laughs> Hello, Jane. It's Frank Grimley. I'm currently running for school board, and I wanted to address the fact that my opponent, Buck Duggart, keeps calling me a witch. <laughs> I'm not a witch. I've never even let my kids read the Harry Potter books. <laughs> if he keeps this kind of behavior up, people in Fort Collins and Loveland will think that Weld County is a backward place. Isn't there anything you can do to keep our political race free of mudslinging? Sincerely, Frank Grimley, candidate for Greeley School Board. Oh, Mr. Grimley, Weld County is absolutely not a backward place. We are a sovereign municipality with rules and regulations, and we have laws protecting our citizens from slander and libel. However, due to a law that's still on the books, Weld County residents are, who are accused of witchcraft have to present themselves at the local magistrates or Grand Inquisitor for inspection. <laughs> I'm told that the tests aren't that laborious, although you may want to wear some clothes that you won't mind getting wet. <laughs> Sorry, Frank, our hands are tied on this. <laughs> to whom it may concern, I've heard rumors that a new tech company has designs on moving into Weld County. Speaking as someone who has left the traffic jams and yogurt shops of Los Angeles for the rustic roundabouts and quaint coffee shops of the Eastern Plains, I am deeply concerned that this company could change our communities in ways we aren't ready for. Sincerely, a concerned citizen. <sighs> Dear concerned citizen, the rumors are true. A certain unnamed company has been chatting with our county commissioners about a plan to move to our area. However, while this could mean big changes for our citizens, it doesn't necessarily mean that those changes are bad. When we first employed feral raccoons to eat garbage as part of our county's new green initiative, many people thought it was crazy. However, now that we have a successful alternative waste disposal program, although raccoons attacks are up 30%, anyway, it makes you think. Well, that's all we have time for this evening. We hope you've enjoyed hearing from others in the community. And if you have any questions or comments, drop us a line in our annex office at the Greeley Mall. The suggestion box itself is located between a box of posters for the Greeley Stampede and the Elvira pinball machine. Segment four. The Quibble factory has been humming along for a year now. The inside of the factory is made of concrete and steel. It looks like a warehouse. Robots on racks, above, uh, on racks move above the warehouse floor, and the crew on the floor assembles the bots as they go by on a conveyor belt. One of the workers, Carlos, falls over. His fellow workers rally around to see if he's okay. A loud buzz <laughs> brings the factory to an ass-grinding halt as everything above and below stops. The robots hang in the air above. Miss Cynthia Withers enters on a catwalk above the workers. What is going on down here? Who hit the button? I repeat, what is going on here? <laughs> Carlos fell over, he passed out. <laughs> is he drunk? No, he's tired. He's been working back-to-back -back shifts to get the orders filled, Miss Withers. We all have. We need a break. 
You're supposed to take a 30 minute break every eight hours. Whatever, pull him and give him some water until he feels better. You, Gary. It's Dave. Yeah, you take his spot. Let's get rolling. I can't do his job in mine, Miss Withers. Okay, listen up. Y'all know we have orders to fill. We cannot fall behind, so what is it gonna take? I'm sorry. We need more people. We need regular breaks. Solomon is pissing in a milk jug for Pete's sake. Okay, first of all, where are you getting the milk jugs? I brought it from home. Okay, you're fired for inappropriate behavior. We're not farm animals here, people. You don't go anywhere, Solomon. We're all pissing milk jugs, Miss Withers, or doing double the work just so someone can use the bathroom. You can fire him for that. You took the job, Angela. My name is Angel. Of course it is. Listen, you all signed the paperwork. You knew what you were getting into. And we signed for a scope of work that doesn't exist anymore. The scope of work has changed and we cannot keep up. Gina drives in every day from Grover. What's a Grover? The town, forget it. What do you suggest? We need to hire more people. We'll take it under advisement. Can I please speak with you privately? Whatever you have to say, you can say in front of everyone. I take pride in our work. We all do. We're excited that Quibble has come to our community. I want to know that every Asimov made in Weld County has a stamp on it. I want to be able to tell people that we make the future here. So what's the problem? You're getting your wish. You have- I haven't seen my family months. Since at least the opening of this factory, I had to miss my cousin's recital. You think it's so easy to run a company like this, don't you? I had to pack up my home in the Bay Area, my two dogs, my whole life, and come out to the Eastern Plains of Colorado. <laughs> no one is saying that your job is easy, Miss Withers. I think that what Angel is saying is that there are things management could be doing to make things run smoother. Yeah, you're not the only ones who sacrificed for this job. Hours from anything approaching a museum just to give you people jobs and you sit there urinating in jugs and sleeping on the job. Is that what you think of us? Do you all feel this way? I see. Okay. Well, you're all fired. <laughs> what? You're all fired, Mr. Milk Jug. Miss Withers, please, let's just- And you're fired too, Dan. His name isn't Dan, it's Dave. And we are all going on strike. <laughs> you're fired too, Angela. Oh, Angel. Anyone else want to try me? You can't fire us for organizing for better working conditions. I am not firing you for trying to organize. I'm firing you for providing cover for unsanitary working conditions. I should have been informed about the urine jugs immediately. Now grab your belongings and I will have Quibble Security escort you from the property. Anyone else? Anyone? This isn't over. Oh, save it, Norma Ray. Come on, Dave. <laughs> okay. I realize that there have been some bad vibes coming off this crew, but we've solved it. And not only will you all be able to keep your jobs, but I also want to reward you for your loyalty. Everyone here gets a Quibble t-shirt. <laughs> all right, let's go. Wait, someone needs to clean up these piss jugs. <laughs> Lights down, end act one.
Act two. Let's go to the middle. Doll song. 1 a.m., public park. Outside of a gazebo, two unhoused people are trying to keep warm as a wisp of snow gently falls from the sky. Gonna be a cold one. It's always a cold one or a hot one. Well, you gotta be prepared. How does pointing out the obvious help anyone be prepared? The first step in solving any problem means you have to name it. So if it's cold, you say it's cold? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> you think Dr. Peter Jorgensen is dumb? Here we go. He's a doctor. He's written a book. What is he a doctor of? Do you even know? Psychology. Well, he got you to buy the book, so I guess it's working. <laughs> is the shelter open tonight? It's full. Figures. For your information, I didn't buy this book. Oh, yeah? Someone threw it out, and now it's mine. <laughs> and why do you suppose someone was throwing out the book? Could it be that it's garbage pseudoscience meant to make latte moms feel better? I'm not a latte mom. No shit. Well, he wrote the book. Have you ever written a book? What's that? It's a rectangle made of paper with words on it. No, idiot. I know what a book is. I meant what's that? A crowd of Asimovs appear in a herd illuminating the park with their blue glowing eyes like a sea of stars. Francie and Jake stare in disbelief. What, what is this? What's, what's going on? Is this... Is this a time machine? Are we in a time machine? No, it's, it's the robots. What are they doing outside at night? Hey, hey, psst, hey, Commander Data. What are you doing? Trying to figure out what's going on. Don't wake them up. Why not? They're murder machines. What? Have you ever seen a science fiction movie with robots where they weren't trying to kill everyone? They won't wake up. It's like, it's like they're sleepwalking. How can they sleep in this cold? Maybe they're rated at a certain temp. Maybe they have an internal heater. I don't know. Uh, are they singing? Yeah, they're, they're humming something. It sounds familiar. The robots stop surrounding the gazebo as they continue to sing. The song they're performing seems to be from the opera Tales of Hoffman. It is the aria called the Doll Song. It's beautiful. It's opera, Tales of Hoffman. What are they singing? It's the aria. It's called the doll song. It's, it's in the opera, a man falls in love with an automaton. What's, what's an autotron? It's like a robot. What are they singing, like, like the words? It's a nonsense song. The automaton looks like a girl, and when she's wound up like a toy, she sings a song about how everything is beautiful and this man is falling in love. Does it work? It does. Hoffman is wearing special glasses that make the robot look real, even though it jerks around like a machine. Eventually, his glasses break and the party crowd makes fun of him for falling in love with a robot. Hey, did you used to be a singer or something? Teacher. Jake and Francie sit listening to the song. After the performance is over, the robots move on, leaving the two alone in the gazebo. Feels warmer. Yeah. Lights down. The golden sleeping eyes of the chorus of Asimov illuminate the theater before dimming. Segment two, Media Blitz. The small interior studio of the local radio station KFKA The Roach. There are two rock posters on the wall and a central console with DJ Papa Boner on one side and the guest on the other. 
All right, folks, that was Born in the USA by the Boss. We're going to take a bit of a break here at KFKA, the Roach, to examine some current events. Your old pal Papa Boner is sitting down with Quibble CEO, inventor of the Asimov, and architect of the future. Can I say that? I really wish you would. I'll say it then, architect of the future. Not just the future across the globe, but right here in Weld County. Mr. Brandon Zuber, give it up. Please, call me Zub. Right on, Zub. Is that what your team calls you? Not at all. My image consultant told me that I needed to lighten up, and they said a nickname could do the trick. Nice. How you doing today, Zub? You know what? This isn't working. Call me Brandon. Can do, Brandon. Well, Papa Boner, I am exceptionally well this fine morning. I just have one question. What can I help you with, partner? What is that smell? It's Thursday, so JBS, the meat processing factory, is burning the blood. <laughs> I'm sorry? Nothing to be sorry about, big guy. So you've decided to open a robot factory here in Weld County? Uh, we're making more than just robots. We are making in-home caretakers and mechanized laborers. We are coming up with not just the nuts and bolts of the future, but the strong backs to carry it on. So like real Jetsons type stuff. Yeah, jet Jetsons. But you've been having some trouble with the folks at your factory. Sadly, Papa Boner, we live in an age where there are still people out there who want something for nothing. Freeloaders. I try not to be so deliberate, but when I decided to build a factory, I wanted to build it in the real America, not just some coastal haven for elites. I thought Weld County was that place. I wanted us all to be a team, a team that would herald in a new age of technology. Turns out, even in America's heartland, there are still people who don't want to work anymore. Well, we have someone here who may disagree with you. Dave, send her in. Angel walks into the studio, sits down next to Zuber. She puts on headphones. Folks, Mr. Zuber and I are being joined by Angel Ramirez, a worker at Weld's Quibble Factory, who is now unionizing against the company. Welcome, Angel. Pleased to be here, Papa Boner. Listen, if I knew I was going to be blindsided, I never would have agreed to this interview. DJ Papa Boner hits the cough button and speaks to Zuber confidentially. I'm just trying to present both sides. This is a very serious program, and I can't betray my listeners' trust. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Thank you for understanding. TJ Papa Boner takes his finger off the cough button. His demeanor changes back into shock jock. Oh, no, folks, it looks like we might see some sparks fly. You're on the roach. So, Angel, can I call you Angel? Angel is fine. So, what happened, Angel? We got some reports that you and your team walked out of the factory. I would actually like to address this, if I may. You may not. You had your turn to represent your position, and this is all quibble workers are lazy and entitled. Now it's time to state my position. Which is? The workers on the line of quibble are overworked to the point of exhaustion. Well, that's not true. Management has too many orders to fill and did not account for hiring and training more people. Quibble is the peak of efficiency. So we have people falling asleep on lines, bathroom breaks cut entirely, and many workers do the jobs of three or more people. Get to respond, Mr. Zuber? Listen, I would love to respond to Mrs. Ramirez's baseless claims, but before I do that, I want to announce right now that I am giving away a Quibble Asimov to the 10th person to call in and state that Quibble is the future. Unbelievable! You're really going to bribe these people with robots that we built to keep them from knowing how those robots got built or the pains it took to put them together? Our switchboard is lighting up. Dana, do we have a 10th caller? 
first! Congratulations, you're the tenth caller, and according to Mr. Zuber, you're the new owner of a Quibble Asimov. Yes! I'm so excited! Thank you, Mr. Zuber and Papa Boner! You are very welcome. What is your name? Stephanie! You are very welcome, Stephanie. Do you have any questions for Brandon Zuber before we let you go? Actually, yes! about the Asimovs leaving the house at night and just wandering around. Is that true? Yeah, Mr. Zuber. Is that true? <laughs> this is not at all. Our Asimovs are completely stable and safe and don't walk around at night. What a weird thing to ask. You're weird, Stephanie. Now, what's your favorite radio station? Can we please address the fact that Quibble has unfair business and practice and is trying to keep its workers from unionizing and also now there are robots wandering the streets while we sleep? I would love to, Angel, but we're at the end of my set. I want to thank Brandon Zuber and Angel Ramirez for coming to the show today. And remember, for great music news and cattle reports, listen to KFKA The Roach. Segment three. The home of Grady, the retired oil field worker. Knock at the door. I'll get it. Dora opens the door. Hola, ¿cómo puedo ser de servicio? Damn you, bucket of bolts. I told you I'd get it. Hola, mi nombre es Armando. Estoy aquí de parte de Cuevo. ¿Está el señor Moño aquí? Ese es él gritando desde la otra habitación. Señor Mugen, es Armando de Cuevo. Hola, señor Munger. Estoy aquí para ver tu robot. ¿Puedo pasar? En uh, inglés, hombre. Por favor. Sí, uh, of course. Uh, my name is Armando. I'm here from Quibble to look at your unit. My unit? <laughs> the robot, sir. Uh, what seems to be the trouble? Oh, my son bought and brought me this damn thing and I can't get it to quit jabbering it. All it does is talk Spanish. Mm, uh, you want the unit to communicate in English? I don't want the unit at all. <laughs> But since my boy dropped this thing in my house and left, I need to be able to live with it. I see. Well, this shouldn't take long, Mr. Munger. I'll give it a look and see what I can do. Dandy. Hey, you want something to drink? I have coffee, iced tea, a beer? Uh, thank you, Mr. Munger, but I'll be okay. Suit yourself. Holler if you need anything. Greedy exits. Armando begins to unpack his tools and look at Dora. Is he always that charming? Si por encantador te refieres a polémico, entonces sí. I bet. Okay, all right, let's plug in and see if we can reconfigure your communicator. Maybe it'll make it easier on the both of you. Uh, no me importa. Creo que al señor Mugen le gusta la compañía. Is it just him in the, pot, in the house? No partner? No. Tengo entendido que solía estar casado. Creo que debe haber expirado. I see. Es un hombre terriblemente solitario. Well, does his son come to visit often? <laughs> ¿El hombre de traje? Solo lo vi una vez después de la activación hace tres semanas. Shame. What do you do around the house? Estoy programada para tareas domésticas, como la preparación de alimentos y limpieza. Pero el señor Mungen me grita cada vez que lo intento. Damn it, I know how to clean for myself. I ain't no invalid. <laughs> <laughs> you say something? Uh, no, 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 sir. Just running diagnostics. So you just stand around? Uh, juega las cartas con él. Y damas. Is he any good? For a human, he is very accomplished. Uh, you let him win, don't you? I falsified malfunction. Smart. Well, it looks like we got it. How do you feel? Running self-diagnostic now. Yeah, so you just like play games with him? Mostly, I listen. You listen to him do what? He talks about his wife sometimes. Her name was Gail. He talks to you about his wife, huh? He doesn't seem the type. <laughs> he talks, but I'm not sure it is to me. 
Sometimes he cries, and I pretend I am powered down. He cries? See. How's it going? Uh, good, good. I think we got it. Uh, would you mind saying a few words in English for Mr. Munger? Unas palabras en inglés para el señor Munger. Check it again, Chief. What? Hey, I thought we had it set it up. Or we, I thought I had it set it up. My boy couldn't figure it out either. But I had it. What's going on with you? ¿Te importaría quedarte a almorzar, Armando? ¿Qué? Hey, would you like to stay for lunch at least? Uh, thank you, but I have another appointment. Gotcha. But I can swing by tomorrow to give it another look. Whatever you want to do, guy. Uh, do you like toasted cheese? I love it. I'll bring drinks. Coors. Pardon? Uh, I drink Coors these days. Uh, Budweiser gives me heartburn for some reason. I was thinking like soda, but uh, okay, I right, see you tomorrow, Mr. Burger. Grady, call me Grady. Lights down. Segment four. In the bedroom and home of Maria Salazar, public servant uh, and government liaison of Well County. The bedroom is beautiful, comfy, and well-designed. The bed sits in the middle of the room with paintings hanging on the wall. There is a tall lamp and nightstands on both sides of the bed and an antique trunk at the foot of the bed. Maria turns on her lamp as she enters, revealing that someone, Jack, is in the bed. Oh, I didn't used to hate this job. Hmm? I used to chat about potato festivals and art installations, and now all I do is run interference with that idiot Zuber in his damn robots. Huh. I have to convince people that if this factory is a good thing to, and it will bring jobs. Then there are the walkouts or firings, depending on who you talk to. Did you hear that the workers had so few bathroom breaks that people are peeing in milk jugs? Gross. Now, there's talk about some sort of glitch with the software. If that's the case, I pray that they get it fixed so I don't have to take a class in robotics in order to explain to groups of ranchers, restaurant workers, roustabouts, and God knows who, who else what's going on. When I took this job, I thought I'd be helping the community. You are. What's that? I said you are helping the community. You're a communicator. You explain what's going on. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like I'm stuck between the economic priority promises of a high-tech douchebag and several communities that are worried about the future. And I don't always know what to tell them. Maria, you are amazing at your job. You'll figure it out. It's new for all of us. Thanks, sweetheart. Maria crosses to her side of the bed and pulls back the covers, revealing an Asimov in bed with her husband, Jake. Ah! What the hell is going on? Sweetheart, what are you- ah! Jack jumps out of bed, scrambling to his side of the room. Oh, I, I think I made a big mistake. You're sleeping with a robot now? I thought it was you! Me? You can't tell the difference between me and cold steel and plastic? I'm tired, it's warm, I, I don't know. It's warm? What do you mean it's warm? Each Asimov unit is equipped with a patented heating unit. This has the benefit of making our surroundings more comfortable for our patrons. See, it feels like a person. Thank you. We are designed to be like the board covered in carpet so that tiny primates won't miss their mothers. Jesus. Jack, tell me the truth. And I promise I won't be mad. Are you in some sort of with no, 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 what, no! I know I've been working a lot over time, and I haven't been home much. I am not sleeping with this robot. <laughs> Technically, we're both 
own bed together and you were sleeping. I, like other Asimovs, have a sleep mode, but it's not like... Oh, shut up, Maria. I I got home, ate a slice of pizza, and crashed out early. I was exhausted. I felt someone climb into bed and I thought it was you. I should probably go. You? You're not going anywhere. I'm calling the police. I'm calling that idiot Zuber. Sorry, that was your one. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maria scrambles in her bag for her phone. Maria, sweetheart, let's hold off. Why in the hell would I want to hold off? I just came home to my husband in bed with a robot. Call me Tilly. I'm calling the police. I can call the police for you, that idiot Zuber. I'm doing it myself. Maria, please. Oh, shut up, Jack. If you're not cheating on me with this thing, it means that it broke into our house and crawled into bed with you. I'm not sleeping with it. Call me Tilly. Sorry, Tilly. Don't apologize to him. You just came home after a tough day at work and now you're about to call the cops to tell them you found a robot in bed with your husband. I will admit this doesn't look good for any of us. If it gives you and your husband any comfort, I also don't know how I got here. See? Damn it. Maybe we'll have a field day. It might go national. Why can't we get any good press in this county? And before that? We, we got good press for the factory. Before that, Comedy Central came here because we put an oil rig in a school parking lot. Damn. Why are you here, Tilly? I don't know. I booted up as soon as I heard you scream. But you don't know how you, don't know how you got here? The last thing I recorded was putting my patron's children to bed and sitting on the couch in sleep mode. Who do you belong to? Mrs. Ellen Prowl. What if we call Mrs. Prow and you can go home with her? Or you can just leave out the front door and never come back. Knock at the door. Red and blue police lights flash through the window. Great. Who could that be at this hour? It is a police officer. Why would it be the police? Because you required police assistance. Knock at the door. Hello, police department. We got a call to this address. One minute. Damn it, Tilly. Wait, we'll just tell them we found the lost robot and, and we can, they can return it to Mrs. Prowl. That would work. We don't have to tell them about the bed stuff. <laughs> bed stuff? You know what I mean. Look, I'll, I'll handle it. Come on, Tilly. Jack exits the room until he follows. We hear muffled conversations between Jack and the police officer as Maria sits on the trunk at the foot of the bed, head in hands. The door closes and locks. The police lights cut out. Jack returns. Fine, I just said that we found Tilly wandering around the yard, confused, and gave the owner's name. They took it away. Thank God. Yeah. (laughs) This is a nightmare. It's okay, sweetheart. We handle it. It's not a big deal. I have to handle the public, these tech advisors, the county council. Now robots in bed with my husband. I thought it was you. (laughs) I know. How about I pour a glass of wine for you, draw you a bath, and you can relax? Maria wipes her eyes and nods her head. Let me start the tub. I'll be right back with the wine. Jack leaves. The sound of water starts up. Maria's phone rings. She picks it up. Hello? Hello? This is Quibble Enterprises. We got a call from one of our Asimovs saying that Ms. Maria Salazar wanted to set a meeting with Mr. Zuber. Jack enters with a glass of wine. I need a raise. Excuse me? Maria drains the glass and hangs up. (laughs) Segment five, roosting chickens. Interior, Quibble Factory office. Cynthia Withers stands in her office above the factory floor. There's a giant monitor mounted to the office wall. The monitor holds the image of Quibble CEO, Brandon Zuber. The two are on a conference call. Cynthia is frantic. 
what are we going to do? Investors are getting itchy and there's something wrong with the robots. For the final time, Cynthia, these are Asimovs, not robots. An ATM is a robot. A Roomba is a robot. My Asimovs Asimovs, whatever. Some of these things have gotten loose and I don't know what to do about it. Are they out there strangling squirrels or something? No! Why? <laughs> then we don't have anything to be concerned about. The units have tracking numbers. Hire a crew to go round them up. Do we issue a recall? A recall for what? Because our product works too well? Are you kidding? Quibblestock would tank. They are opening doors and wandering without permission. There has to be something wrong with the code. Who else knows about this? Well, we've had reports from homeless people. I think Maria Salazar knows something's up. Who? The county liaison. I thought you said this was an emergency. Am Asimovs are leaving the homes of their patrons and wandering the surrounding area, sometimes in packs. Packs? Flocks, groups, whatever. In robotics, groups are called a swarm. A swarm, Jesus. Well, the swarm of Asimovs are wandering around this county and no one knows why. Allegedly. What? Asimovs are allegedly swarming the county. But I just told you that Listen, I don't know if what you're saying is true because I haven't seen any concrete proof. Okay, I was just coming to No, no, I don't want any speculation. So from now on, we're going to speak in hypotheticals. Yes, sir. Great. So, hypothetically, if there are rumors of our Asimov units getting out, how do we know that these rumors aren't just the deranged rantings of a street person? I see, and... And if these rumors have some validity, how do we know that the Asimov software hasn't been compromised by that angel, what's her name, who tried to organize against us? The assembly crew don't have experience in programming, sir. They're just... Would it be office. so hard to believe that someone who hates us already would try to sabotage us? Right. So, get back to me when we've gotten to the bottom of this situation. Okay, but sir, what happens when it's revealed that these Asimovs are leaving their homes to wander the streets at night? Hypothetically. Yeah, of course. You let me worry about that. The marker blanks out, leaving Cynthia in her office alone. Cynthia goes to her desk, pulling out a bottle of bourbon and a glass. She pours herself a drink. It's like my Aunt Frida's doll collection down there. I am going to need to get another job. Oh my god, who is it? <laughs> Sorry to bother you so late, Mrs. Withers. Oh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Wait, how did you get here? Adam, let me through. Okay, well, what's the point of security if they let any corporate pirate come in and just... I'm just here to return my badge and things. Here. Well, goodbye. Bet your friends are happy. What's that? We're done. Done? This whole thing is a disaster. You won. Eres estupida. I wanted a job. I wanted a job that didn't treat me and my coworkers like trash. That's all. That's all. You wanted a strike. For better conditions, which I didn't get anyway. Because after you fired us, everyone left and was afraid to speak up. You won. You got what you wanted. And now you think I'm happy that Zuber and Quibble failed? Vete la mierda. Because it doesn't matter anyway. Not to you. What does that mean? My cousin. My little cousin was telling everyone at his school that I made robots. My mama was telling me at Swift that her daughter construye el futuro, that I built the future. 
People were excited about this place. People like to sell the future. The rest of us have to build it. <laughs> the future. None of it thought it. None of us thought it would look like this. Some of us hoped for the better. You will get a job as an executive somewhere else, and Zuber will keep being a billionaire. But I have to find a new job, and so will everyone else. Your company hollowed this place out, and the regular people who are banking on it are screwed. You'll be fine. It's the rest of us that have to pick up the pieces. Want a drink? With you? Oh, I get it. I'm the bitch who fired you. I wouldn't want a drink with me either. Sure, I'll have a drink with you. Timothy pours a second glass of bourbon. They clean their glasses. Cheers. Salud, amor. Pesetas y tiempo para disfrutarlo. Angel takes a sip. Timothy drains her before pouring some more. So, quibble is done. <laughs> what are you going to do with the building when it's empty? Oh, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm moving back to Mendocino. But you, you could make something of it. Angel puts down her glass and goes to leave. Plans tonight? Why? You want to come? Maybe. Some of us are going to Lincoln Park to watch the Asimov migration. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> we hear that they perform songs and stuff after midnight. Last night, they were performing The Cure. <laughs> Take care, Miss Withers. Act three. Segment one, ranch hand. Dusk, a ranch house, kitchen slash dining room. Wood paneling lines the walls, which are also decorated with rusted tin signs for flour, a small picture of Jesus Christ, and a horseshoe above the door. Leonard Sims comes in from, the horse, uh, comes in from his chores to have dinner with his wife. How you feeling? Oh, honey, I have never felt better. <laughs> What's gotten into you? Don't have, no, absolutely nothing. Can't a guy just be happy once in a while? What about your hip? Oh, my hip feels great. Hey, what's for dinner? French hips. I, I mean, uh, French dips. <laughs> French dips. Yum. Did you fix the fences? Yep, every one of them. Even the new bullpen? Piece of cake. Oh, you're gonna be hurting tomorrow. You should try them THC gummies that Tom brought up. Dude, yeah, no, I, I ain't eating no commie candy. <laughs> yeah, my hip is gonna be just fine. I, I, I didn't work it too much today. But you said you got all the fence done. And hand the cows. Damn it, Lynn, you can't be pushing yourself like that. You're not a young man. You remember how I hurt this hip? Your short-lived rodeo career. You yeah. only ever rode that one bull. <laughs> yeah, to impress you. Feel sorry for you more like. Well, it worked, didn't it? I mean, you're still here. For now, but I have my plans. Oh, yeah, you're going off to marry a younger man. What do I want with an another man? Dealing with your shit has plumb wronged me out. It'll be margaritas and pontoon boats for me. Well, you know that factory they opened up six months back? The robot factory? Yeah, well, I got me, I got us, one of them robots. We can't 
can't afford a robot. Okay, okay, well, I didn't buy it. I just found it. <laughs> what do you mean by you just found it? Well, I mean, I was out stretching wire this morning and I, and I saw it in the pasture. It was just wandering around, singing. <laughs> singing? Yeah, it was the damnedest thing. I, I think I was asleep, like dreaming maybe. So you, you stole somebody's robot? No, no, no. I checked. Thing doesn't belong to anybody. So, so what? It helps you, you fence the property today. And feed the cows. I can't believe this. Okay. I can't believe this. Oh, hey, 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 Duke, come here. Where do you see this thing? <laughs> Duke, say hello to my wife, Darla. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Why is he called Duke? Oh, well, he's named after John Wayne. Isn't that something? <laughs> Marion. What? John Wayne's name is Marion. Well, hell, that can't be right. <laughs> Marion's a woman's name. Anyway, he's as strong as an ox, darling. Show her, Duke. Duke lifts a kitchen table over his head. <laughs> Put it down! I don't want the food all over the floor. Now, I'll never have to work the fields like we used to. And when we can finally keep up with them, with them corporate kind of... Hey, why are you crying? <laughs> Darla sits down at the table, hiding her face. Oh, God, we're gonna die here. You're gonna have a heart attack in the field, and I'm gonna tip over while making your coffee, and that robot will kick dirt all over top of us, and that'll be that. That'll be it. You don't have a honey. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's not okay. I won't get out of here. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. Ah, now, what? what? What does that mean? Liam, we can't keep doing this. You, you can't keep doing this, and, and, and I can't keep watching. Oh, here it comes. We don't have to stay here. We could sell the whole herd, lease the land to someone, and just, and just retire. Yeah, just retire. Mar margaritas and pontoon boats, is that it? You can have rum and Cokes or black coffee or whatever you want. It would be up to us. So it's not up to us right now? It's only up to you. I want to say... We're getting up there, and I want to do something other than feed cows and count pennies before we die. What do you mean it ain't up to us? We're going to do this, okay? We're in debt up to our eyeballs to run this operation. Yeah, we, we have to be. We're not a corporation. It's just you and me and the boys before they left. Well, they did leave, Lynn. The boys grew up chasing cows, and they didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, well, missed opportunity. Can you blame them? This was your dream, not theirs. Yeah, but how many people do they know have 40 acres of land and their own business? Just you, hon. Damn right. You know why? Because you busted your ass to buy this land so that we would have something. A piece of heaven. On the eastern plains with a busted hip and cow shit choking the air. Honey, the world has changed and we can't keep up. Should I go? <laughs> yeah, Duke, you, you wait outside. I did it for you. Don't give me that. I never wanted to run a ranch. I know. I meant the bull. I knew you were in the audience, and I, I paid Kenny a hundred bucks to let me ride so, so that I could impress you. Men. Well, what the heck is that supposed to mean? You're a bunch of fools is what? I can't tell you're always saying that you wish I was more open 
And then you turn around and- Lynn, all, all you had to do was ask me out. You didn't have to bust your ass on bull. You didn't have to buy all this land for us, and you sure as hell didn't have to work yourself raw. Yeah, but yeah, but now I don't have to work myself raw. But Duke here can help. We can finally keep up with them corporate farms. I don't want to keep up. I don't want to run that race anymore. I am done. Now, what does that mean? It means that by the end of this year, I'm gone with or without you. So it's like that, huh? It's like that. It's up to you. It always is. Darla leaves the room. Leonard kicks over a chair. Oh, shit! Leonard winces in pain. He falls over. Duke enters. Are you okay, Mr. Sims? Yeah. Oh, God, no, God damn it. Help me up. Should I call Mrs. Sims? No, 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 please don't. She's... I, I, I'll be all right. Just, just hand me one of them pain pills. The upper cabinet, a green bottle. The bottle. The cabinet pulls out a green bottle. The bottle is empty. Would you like me to order more medicine? And, no. Is, is there anything else there? Some uh, Tylenol or Advil? There are these gummy bears. Ow! <laughs> Bring them here. Are you certain you don't want me to get Mrs. Sims? How much do you know about women, Duke? Atomically, biologically, or socially? <laughs> Never mind. I'm messed up. You are older. Your body is in decline. It is okay. There, there. <laughs> Yeah, way to make a fella feel better. <laughs> we try. No, I, I, I messed up with Darla. Well, I knew she was done, and I kept pressing it. Do you love your wife? Well, what the hell kind of question is that? A deceptively, a deceptively simple one? Of course I do. Do you love fixing fences around your ranch? No, but... You pause. But, but, but I like knowing the ranch is, is mine. There's not so much a man can lay claim to on his own anymore that's not bought up by your Amazons and your Facebooks and... Your quibbles? Yeah, exactly. No offense. I want something to leave behind. Something that says I was here. You were almost dead? What? Why would you say that? Your wife is almost dead. Well, you're good at labor, but you're about as useful as a bag of assholes when it comes to bedside manner. <laughs> but you and your wife are not dead. You are alive. Yeah. For now. <laughs> I get it. You can choose what to do with your remaining time. I will be outside. <laughs> Segment two, letters. The lights come up on a single woman, cat-eye glasses, it's Jane Quimby again. 
Welcome to the Weld County Suggestion Box. We here in Weld County, Colorado, take the ideas and concerns of our citizens very seriously. Please leave a short note in our Annex office, which is located at the Greeley Mall if you want to contribute to our town. The suggestion box itself is located between a box of posters for the Greeley Stampede and the Elvira Pinball Machine. Letter one, concerned citizen. I have some friends who are concerned about possible gang activity in Greeley, and I think I heard gunshots last night. Is Greeley a safe place to live in? Signed, ConcernedCitizen69 at GIFNet.com. Unfortunately, Greeley has an undeserved reputa reputation for an overabundance of crime. We pride ourselves in the safety of our community, and our Greeley officers do everything they can to keep our citizens safe. As far as the gunshots you heard, it was probably a spirited youth group lighting off fireworks or a private theater troupe doing an experimental performance of West Side Story. <clears throat> on an unrelated note, uh, when traveling on foot, please refrain from wearing the following colors, red, blue, black, and plaid. I bought steaks from a tent in the parking lot of the Greeley Mall, and they made me and my family severely ill. When I went back to talk to the manager of the steak tent, there were two burnt out tire tracks leading away from the parking lot and a large grease stain where the tent had been. What should I do? Jeff Jorgensen. <laughs> Jeff? You would not be the first person in the world to be taken in by the siren song of cheap steaks. <sighs> in the Greeley Mall parking lot of all places, only to have your hopes dashed upon the rocks of food poisoning and diarrhea. <sighs> Boy, I went all in on that mermaid metaphor, didn't I? <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, unfortunately, when you take a gamble like that, we have only ourselves to blame, Jeff. Okay. My suggestion, if you insist upon buying your next meal out of a truck, make sure that it has appropriate refrigeration. We woke up the other morning to at least 50 quibble robots in our yard, all facing west. We were unsure what to do and almost called the police before the robots broke up and left. Have other people experienced this? Has quibble done anything to address this? Lorena, thank you for asking. The Weld County government is doing everything it can to get to the bottom of these robotic nighttime gatherings. We have reached out to Quibble for comment, but as the CEO and founder is being sued, um, our communities are also holding their breath to see what happens to the factory and its employees. We will inform you and the public if we hear anything back from Quibble about their wayward robots. But for now, we just suggest you lock your doors at night and don't go out no matter what you see or hear. <laughs> well, that's it for the letters this time. Again, my name is Jane Quimby, Greeley City Comptroller. If you have any questions that I may be able to answer about our fair city, please leave a short note in our town hall annex office at the Greeley Mall, formerly the Spirit Halloween store. <laughs> the suggestion box itself is located between the broken foosball table and a box of expired clown makeup. <laughs> Segment three the home of Grady, the retired oil-filled worker. Knock at the door. Dora opens the door. Hola, señor Modesta. El señor Grady está terminando los sándwiches a la parrilla. Hola, Dora. Traje algunas cervezas para acompañar el almuerzo. Splendid. I'll put these in the refrigerator. 
Thor? Sí. How is he? Did he bring the cores? Sí, señor Mungen. Hello, Mr. Munger. Hope you don't mind craft singles. That was all the cheese I had. I need to get to the store. I have some root beer if you're on the clock. Sounds great. Uh, has the Asimov given you any more trouble? I mean, we still don't speak the same language. Le he dicho que debe aprender español. <laughs> see? Well, uh, I'll see what I can do. Uh, let's see first. Have a seat. Greedy hands Armando his plate. The two men sit in the living room with their food. Dora brings Armando a root beer and Grady a Coors. Thank you for having me over for lunch, Mr. Munger. I appreciate it. Uh, call me Grady. Uh, thank you for coming back to look at the robot. You two seem to be getting along. Uh, getting used to it, more like. The damn thing likes to sneak out at night. What? Well, corporate said it was just rumors. <laughs> nah. Thing is like a damn tomcat. I tried to tell my son, but he won't listen. Too busy at work, I guess. You don't seem too bothered. It's always back by morning. I asked what it does out there. And? And it says it doesn't remember. Huh? Uh, anyways, I heard that factory is in trouble. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be okay. Really? Because my boy ain't so sure. Your boy a manager or an executive? Hell if I know. Wears a suit, rides a desk. Yeah, it's gonna be just fine. What about everybody else? Everyone else better be polishing their resumes. <laughs> How are you doing? I don't wear a suit. Well, you can't depend on things like you used to. I don't think you ever could. Hey, you worked for the oil patch, right? Yeah, 50 years. I did that job too, rig worker for a while. Mm, that's tough work, but good money. Yeah, too tough for me. I want to work for a maintenance crew after that, got my nights and weekends back. Why'd you end up working on robots? <laughs> They're the future, aren't they? Si, sí, lo somos. We know what you think. <laughs> yeah. Well, the ups and downs, they, uh, they, they got to be too much. I got laid off twice before COVID. I wanted something more stable. <laughs> now the oil field doesn't look so bad, does it? Yeah, todo es lo mismo. It's all the same. Hmm. Want another root beer? Uh, why not? Should give them all brooms. What? The robots. Give them brooms. Maybe they can sweep the streets while we all sleep. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll tell my supervisor. Well, when you're promoted to executive, I expect to thank you. I'll give you another Asimov. I can't do a damn thing with the one I already got. Do y'all have beer koozies? <laughs> yeah, well, I'll see what I can do. You think you're gonna lose your job? Uh, let's talk about something else. Uh, how are you and Dora getting along? He's gruñón. He debería salir más de la casa. No, that's enough out of you. Tal vez debería sacarlo a caminar de vez en cuando. Le haría bien. Y le sacaría de tu camino. No, sácalo al mundo. Él necesita un amigo. Isn't there anything you can do about that? Sí, puedes aprender español. Uh, excuse me, I should take this. Uh, do what you gotta do. Hello? What? Investors, do, do I still... Okay, yeah, 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 I'll be there. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Munger, I have to go. Is everything okay? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but before I go, my wife and I, um, we're gonna have a cookout this weekend. If you're not doing anything, We'd love for you to come. Check my schedule and get back to you. Sure, take care. Hasta luego, Dora. Hasta luego, señor Modesta. Deberías asistir a la comida al aire libre. Estás tratando de deserte de mí. Perpetuamente. The finale, Carousel. 
Location, a stage set up for a children's pageant. The stage is dimly lit. The lights come up on a backdrop, a la Robert McCall's painted to look like the Eastern Colorado Plains, now featuring space age buildings and children playing in the foreground. Hello folks, as you've no doubt heard through the news services, the Pueblo factory has been shut down. Brandon Zuber and his people have pulled all of their investments from Welt County. This also means that we will no longer be hosting Oktoberfest and various musical festivals. But the boards of those organizations that are already seeking other sponsorships, and fortunate it looks like Elysian Funeral Home and Stinktown Brewing have stepped up to the plate. Opening it up now for questions. Yes, Carl. What does quibble leaving mean for the future of Weld County? That's an excellent question, Carl. Well, for one, we've leased the quibble factory to a number of interested parties. I know there was some early talk about Quibble putting up an insurance policy for the county if it decided to pull out within a certain period of time. Is that money available? At the present time, no one in the country has been able to locate those funds. And speaking frankly, Quibble is under several lawsuits at the moment. It may be years, if, if ever, we are to see a dime from Brandon Zuber or Quibble. We've tried our best to make this transition as easy as possible in helping those displaced by the factory closures, find employment remotely or locally. Do you feel it ironic that Quibble came here promising the future and left before that promise was fulfilled? Well, County is no stranger to hot air and ballyhoo. One of the original Union colonists was P.T. Barnum, after all. However, for good or ill, this place and its people have always sought their own destiny. If the people here want the future, it's going to have to be on our terms. And that's partly what the repurposing of the Quibble Factory means. Now, on that note, I want to introduce community organizer, Angel Ramirez, who will be acting as liaison for the new Quibble space. Hola, and welcome. First and foremost, I want to thank the Weld County for this opportunity. I will be taking lead as a point of contact for filling the space formerly held by Quibble. It will soon be host to a performance theater and a makerspace machine shop where people can learn how to use tools and take classes on preparing food and making home improvements. Miss um, Ramirez, you are a former Quibble employee who was fired after attempting to organize against the company. Is that a question? It, yes. <laughs> are you happy to see Quibble gone? I would have preferred Quibble treat their employees with respect. I would have preferred that the company not leave the gaping hole when it left. However, bailas con lo que te trajo. You dance with the one who brought you. What do you say to those in Weld County who say we need to go back to the way things were before? I would say that the genie is out of the bottle and we have to learn to live with it. There are always those who want to move backwards to some imaginary place, but it doesn't exist. Do you think we'll ever see the kind of future promised by the likes of Zuber, Musk, and Zuckerberg? If you want to see the future, Carl, you can look out of the window. The people of this community are building it for themselves. Now, we have a special presentation for you arranged by the Asimov Theater Company, who will be of one of those using the Quibble Factory for their rehearsals. We now return to where we began, a performance recounting the founding of Union Colony, only now all of the parts are played by Asimovs. The lights come up on a handmade set. The backdrop is painted to look like the eastern plains of Colorado, along with rustic cabin homesteads. 
And so the Eastern Plains of Colorado called to the industrious, the temperate, the moral to come together to build a land of dreams. This would be a place where work would be rewarded, a place where the ravages of alcohol would be left behind. These warriors of virtue would create a union and build a utopia for a brighter tomorrow. Hello, my name is Nathan Meeker, the hero of the story. On this sea of grass and scrub, we'll carve out something great. Every man pulls up his bootstraps and guides the end of fate. We need those of us with vision, cast out the old myopia. With determination, we will make this place utopia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nathan Meeker! <laughs> Our problems are over, aren't they? They sure are. Yeah. And so Nathan Meeker and his scrappy band of settlers brought utopia to the Eastern Plains, reminding us that we should always be looking to the future with vision and determination. The lights go down on stage, leaving the glowing eyes of the Asimovs to illuminate the audience. The curtain squeaks closed, lights down. I Wonder by Cecil Gant plays as the eyes of the robots dim, leaving the audience into shared darkness. The end. Thank you all for coming. Really appreciate it. Um, I want to especially thank the actors uh, who performed tonight. Um, really. So you may not know this, uh, zero rehearsals. What you saw up here was, was straight jazz. Um, I, I worked with some of these folks. Some of them I hadn't worked with before. Some of them I met like two hours ago. Um, so again, another hand for the actors. Um, now I know, I know some of you had to take off, uh, so you can totally do that. <laughs> Good luck with your final, break a leg. Um, and I'm here to, to answer any questions if you folks want. Um, any questions? Yes. What was your initial inspiration for this? Like, was there a moment, was there like a, what sparked so, yes, yeah, so in 2017, Elon Musk was like, we're going to put a Hyperloop in Greeley, Colorado. <laughs> and I, and this is before we all learned that Elon Musk was a piece of shit. Um, Wait until they happen. <laughs> um, so, so immediately, and I, I really have, so I'm from the Western Slope. My mom had crippling rheumatoid arthritis, and it would take us five hours to, to get across the pass for her to go to a um, arthritis clinic. And I just kept thinking like, you know, this is our state. Like, this is just our state. We should have high speed rail. We should, you know, it shouldn't take my mom five hours white knuckling through Eisenhower to get to a doctor. Um, and then Elon Musk came and was like, you know, I want to put the Hyperloop in, in Greeley, Colorado so people can get to DIA. And I was so excited because it was like, well, if this works, we could see hyperloops or high-speed rails connecting all parts of the 
all parts of the country. And then someone like my mom wouldn't have to wait five hours. Um, and I even calculated it. it was something like, I forget what the top speed was, but basically you'd board the Hyperloop, the little space egg, I'm guessing. Um, and it would take you 15 minutes at top speed to get to DIA. Like that's crazy. Um, and then ultimately it didn't end up happening. I've heard some rumors that it might still happen. Um, so that was the big impetus for, for this project where I was like, one of the things I loved is when you tell people, hey, we're getting the Hyperloop. And everyone's like, and really? It's like, it's the city of the future, baby. You know? Um, yeah, so that, there was that. Um, I also grew up in a really rural area and I, I love Blade Runner and, and Demolition Man and those movies, but there, there's never, like I can think of maybe three films that showcase rural environments that are like futuristic sci-fi films. Looper is one, takes place in Kansas. Um, uh, Was it Logan is another one. Um, Logan, in fact, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, it's the X-Men movie with Hugh Jackman. Um, that, I remember seeing that and that felt so close to where the future was headed in like a real organic way. Um, but usually they don't, it's only cities. So what happens to the rest of us, you know? Are we just, is it all irradiated wasteland out here? Are we all mutants? Like what? Probably not. Like we probably help build the future. Anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, yeah, so Rob Hagman, I worked with him uh, with Stampede Troop. He was Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life. Who um, was the actual unsung hero of that play? Yes. <laughs> it should be titled Mr. Potter and the Commies of Bedford Falls. Yes, yes. Um, and then I cast him in Frankenstein when I directed Frankenstein. We've been working off and on together. Also, he's my dungeon master. <laughs> for, for Dungeons and Dragons, it's not a weird sex cult. Thing. Um, you know, it, we, we, we're in a year that begins with a two. I'm open if you are. Yes. Um, this is my sister, Kimberly, who has been, who's been a collaborator since we were kids. Um, she's a teacher with uh, Scott Elementary, uh, which itself deserves all the praise. Um, this is my friend, Brent Buckingham. He's also a writer and performer, uh, and we met working in the oil field together. Um, <laughs> this is... Forgot my name no, no, this is, you, you, I looked at you and you were like, um, it's, it's Sugi? Sugi. This is Teresa Sugi. She is, uh, she works at Centennial Park Library. Um, she's a coworker with my wife um, and she graciously uh, devoted her time to doing this. I'm really grateful. This is Seth Willis. Uh, Seth, Seth and I became friends more organically, and then you and Daniel hired me to direct Frankenstein, and then we started working together more and more, right? This is Daniel Mothershed. Um, he and he, while I was doing theater in Greeley, he was also doing theater, and we kind of, our paths cross. And then this is Emery Gillespie. Um, I met her through Daniel and Seth. You were the pastor at Family of Christ uh, Presbyterian, right? Right, way to go. Yeah. So we have like all members of the community here. I, something I'm really proud of. We have teachers, pastors, oil field workers. We have, um, uh, yeah, we have a slice of every, every part of this community. Including so. the great fully retired. Yes. <laughs> yes, oh, absolutely. So, um, uh, that was Miguel Munoz, who uh, he is a student at UNC. He's a Peruvian-American playwright. 
Um, and when I wrote this, I wrote it with Spanish in mind. And I was like, I'm gonna have to find actors who can read this, not just people who, because I know Spanish speakers, but I wanted people who would be comfortable. Um, and, and he hooks me up with Andrea, who had, um, on Andrea Camacho, who had appeared in some of his plays as well. Um, and they just did a hell of a job. I'd really like to get him back on stage. Yeah, yes, thank you for reminding me. Any other questions? Yes. Um, I think, I think uh, the big surprise happened tonight because I had been working on it. So the, so the play itself, the structure is based off of Ray Bradbury's The Martian Chronicles. If you've never read The Martian Chronicles, it's essentially a novel made out of short stories <laughs> about you know, humans dreaming on going to Mars, eventually going to Mars, families building places there, Martians get displaced, and like what happens after the humans return home. Um, so that was, my, that was my idea for the structure, was to craft a story out of a bunch of different parts. Um, and because of the way I wrote it, I never got to hear it all at once. I've, I've said the lines aloud often, because I think that makes for better writing. Um, but hearing, hearing it all come together, uh, when you're writing something, you think you know what it's about. And then when you hear it all at once, when it's complete, you really kind of realize what you, what you made. Um, like at the time, I was like, oh, I'm, I hope above all this is entertaining and I hope people laugh and get something out of this. Um, but I did not realize to the degree at which I had like rooted the story in different aspects of the community until I heard it like beginning to end. So, yeah. Any other questions? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I forget which one I used. It, it's not the new one. It's not the one that like robs from other artists, thankfully. Um, yeah, I'll have to get back to you on that. Um, yeah, I, uh, so the AI paint bot, I, like I said, I wanted something visual to go along with this. And I thought what better way to do that than to have art generated by robots. And some of the prompts I came up with, you know, rural futures, rural robots, um, I think there's one or two in there that are essentially um, hoppers of the Nighthawks, but with robots. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So why did we get to see this Well, I don't know. So, so here's the thing. Um, part of the residency means that I have to seek publication. Uh, and with plays, it's a little bit different. They want, uh, I might be able to get away with submitting this play and saying, hey, we did a live reading, but oftentimes they want a history of production. So we'll have to see. Um, I, I don't know, I would like to see it in the future, definitely uh, next year or two, um, with robot puppets and all sorts of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was your question? Okay, anybody, yes. Um, it, this is like essentially it rounds out to about eight months. Okay. I think it'll spill over a little bit in the next year while, while the other one is, the next person is chosen. Okay. Do they um, do it every year? Mm -hmm. okay. They are. Are you a writer? No, not at all. I'm an artist. So here's the thing. I would encourage anyone who is a writer to do it. It was, it was an excellent experience. Um, Amy Ortiz 
uh, is one of the is one of the people that helped shepherd me through the process. Peter Dirk is here. He's like the uh, tech arm of this, like getting the, the word out. Um, and they both were very patient with me and very helpful. Um, I have I have nothing but good things to say about the program. So if, if you guys are writers, submit. And another question. Yes. I always have a lot of questions. That's fine. Um, I, I like your earrings, by the way. Those oh, are cool. thank you. Yes. Um, but another thing with that as well, will you be doing like writers? Do you ever do like writers workshops where you teach? Because... I want to write. Okay. And, like, it's something I'm very interested in. So I didn't know if that's something that you... So I... Or the library. So I did... So part of the residency is... Um, that's one of my favorite parts, um, other than this right here, the culmination, is uh, Amy comes to me and says, hey, I have some ideas. What ideas do you have? And um, the community demands writer's workshops. That's something that they really want. Um, so I did two writer's workshops, but I have another one coming up in January okay. that you can check out at the table there. Okay. Um, January 26th, I think. Um, and I can, if you go to that, I can give you more information. If you uh, leave your email, I can essentially give you all the um, extra info that I gave for the previous writer's workshops oh, as well, awesome. if you'd okay. be interested That'd in that. Yeah, thank you. Sure. All right, thank you very much. Oh. Was it challenging picking, because Polk County is such a diverse county, and there's so many. Was it was it challenging, like honing in on the diversity you wanted to represent in your play? Yeah. So, so I don't know how many of you are you all from Weld County? Okay. <laughs> um, Weld County is. I said it in my my author statement uh, that it is far more cosmopolitan than we get credit for. Um, a lot of people. It's it's. A collection of cow towns and stuff, but 60, around 64 languages are spoken in Weld County. Um, close to, I forget what number it was, it was like 36% are Hispanic or Latino. Um, and then it like breaks down even further from there. We have a huge Somali up, up population. Um, uh, sis, you, you work in the school systems. How many, like in your class alone, what are you, what are we looking at? There you go. The future. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the, I knew because part, because the residency is like, Hey, we want you to make it about Weld County. Um, I knew I couldn't just do a one facet of it. Um, I have a huge arts background. I grew up, uh, in the arts and I grew up in rural America. All of my cousins and uncles are cowboys. You wouldn't know to look at me, but they all are. <laughs> Um, and, and here there's, you know, there's cattlemen, there's oil field workers, there's factory workers. Um, and then there's, you know, 64 languages. There's, you know, huge Hispanic populations, Somali populations. So I did want to represent that, but I obviously couldn't put 64 languages in the play. I did want to have Spanish be the, be the other language, um, that people hear because it's not like walking around here and doing business and, and going, just living your life here. It's impossible to not hear Spanish and other languages and, you know, interact with different kinds of people. Also, um, you know, you can interact with a college professor as well as an oil field worker, as well as someone who works at JBS Swift. Um, and I feel like I, I feel like I got it uh, in the time allotted. Um, but yeah, that was a challenge for sure.
Yes, sir. Um, I did, I did some research, but it's usually, uh, so I've, do you, do you watch, um, Game of Thrones at all? So I've heard that people are really mad at George R. R. Martin in particular because he doesn't finish his books. I've never read the books. Um, and he's what in writer communities is called a pantser where he just sits down and he writes. And that's what makes his books so like enthralling. Whereas someone like maybe maybe a Stephen King, I think, plots it out a little bit more. Um, I'm more of a pantser. So when I sit down, I'm like, oh, uh, a, ranch, a ranch owner finds a robot wandering around. Like, that's funny. And then that ensues, you know, his wife or whatever. Um, and then if I run across like a speed bump where it's like, what's a detail about this that would actually make more sense? And then I do some more research. Um, yeah, it usually starts with characters, first and then they kind of coalesce in story and then if i i'm like okay how would how what would this person say like i got daniel actually helped me with um the unionizing idea uh because you can be fired <laughs> for trying to unionize um even though it should be illegal and they call it something else but um yeah daniel works at home depot and you had to go through like a computer training right to, yeah. yeah. To, to squash unions. <laughs> so that took, he helped me out a ton with that specific of it. Um, but yeah. Yes. So not mispronounced German tank, but seat of the pants first? Panzer, yeah. Not uh, Panzer. No, <laughs> yeah, seat of the pants. What do you, what yeah. the low countries? <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. No, that was pure theatrics. I thought, what would be cool for the audience to see? Um, and then I also, uh, a few years ago before, before our plague hit, um, I did uh, a radio play version of um, Ghost Stories for Christmas. And one of those was a radio adaptation of um, Christmas Carol. And so I built a giant puppet for the Ghost of Christmas Future. The skeleton puppet took three people to uh, run, um, super uncomfortable to wear. Daniel had to wear. Um, and I thought, well, what could I, what could I build that would be, that would be kind of fascinating to see. So like having robots in the background do this, have a catwalk. So I kind of, in my mind's eye, like built it out from the front. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's actually how they build robots. But, uh, it is not. Yeah. <laughs> but your depiction of the factory work, I did a short stint as a seasonal worker at an Amazon fulfillment center. And we weren't pissing in milk jugs. There were Gatorade we, bottles? Boy, it was, <laughs> oh, we wish we had milk jugs. <laughs> we're all laughing, it's terrible. But the, but the pace and the constant yeah checking on are you meeting your metrics and they're posting everybody's numbers on the board yeah. at the end of the day and the pressure involved with that. And it was only when I got my thumb bent backwards by a box being jammed into me that I finally said, I've had enough of this shit. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was that was one I actually did some research on because we've all heard stories of like them being in jugs and stuff like that. And it's like, well, is that is that real? And then I found two headlines. One was uh, Amazon CEO says that uh, workers don't pee in bottles. Here are the bottles they pee in. And it was that. And then it was a follow up article that said there was essentially Amazon being like, yeah, they pee in bottles. We're sorry about that. <laughs> Which I, I laughed very hard for a long time. I was just like, that's. Um, and then uh, what else? There was another thing that. Yeah, um, the the ranch hand story is based off of a friend of mine. His dad spent a lifetime like building up this ranch and his wife was essentially like, I'm retired. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. And he had two kids and they didn't want to. They didn't want to run a ranch. So he's like, I, I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, pieces of that. Um, anything else? Say, say that again. More Jane Quimby. <laughs> I, I don't know. Should Jane Quimby have a podcast? Yes. <laughs> Yes. I, I ride the little carousel. And tell somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have fun? Yes. Okay. Good. You're all dismissed. <laughs> Amen. Amen.